Hey, this is Drew Blackston, founder of Anchor Movement. Together with my wife, Valerie, we want to invite you to join us on our podcast as we discover more of God together. We founded Anchor Movement on Hebrews 619, which says we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. We hope this message drops an anchor into your soul and propels you towards the destiny that God has for you. If our message inspires you, we encourage you to rate and share with your friends and family. Thank you for tuning in to today's Anchor Movement Podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, Anchor Movement followers? This is Drew Blackston, and I wanted to come to you in our world today. We are experiencing panic and chaos and closings and businesses are shuttering and and really what the Lord has put on my heart and the heart of the entire church body, it seems right now, is an attack on fear. And what better way to attack fear than with the Word of God? And that's what we're going to do today. I want to look at some scriptures to give you some hope, to give you some peace, and to give you some clarity in these moments where we don't really know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Just, just think about today. And so I want to give us some hope in what we're, what is going to be really um, a situation that might last for months or maybe even a year. And so the, the thing I want to go through today is the fear of lack. Now, I work in the financial industry. I, I see the economies. I, I see the word recession, depression, the Dow Jones being down 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 points. Now the Dow Jones up 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 points. So I see the chaos in the financial world. And a lot of my clients or people that I've talked to have a fear of lack. What happens if we run out of groceries? I mean, how many of us are stockpiling toilet paper now? Everybody's worried they're not going to be able to you know, do their business and be able to clean themselves afterwards. So I believe that God has given me a story that is specific for this moment. It's found in Genesis 26. Now I'm in the New Living Translation, but in Genesis 26, we see Isaac. He is the son of Abraham and he is in the promised land. He is where God has called him to be. Isaac is directly where he's supposed to be. And here's how Genesis 26 starts. It says, a severe famine now struck the land. Now, where was Isaac? He was exactly where God had told him to be. But what happened? A severe famine struck the land. Did Isaac do anything to cause the famine? Did Isaac do anything that, that caused there to be a lack of food or a lack of supplies? No. Isaac was exactly where God had called him to be. And in verse 2, we see the response to what I, how Isaac responded to this famine. Verse 2, it says, The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land or dwell temporarily, and I will be with you and I will bless you. So what did God appear to Isaac for? He said, Isaac, you're right where you're supposed to be. He said, just stay here. Don't move. Don't make any rash decisions. And so the thing that, that really spoke to me in this, and this is kind of, I've got three quick points, but point number one is, in the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of all the panic and the chaos and the stress, listen for the voice of God. He directly, God directly spoke to Isaac and said, stay where you are. I'm going to bless you in this moment. Now, listen to this. Think about verses three and four. God told Isaac, he said, stay where you're at. He said, live here as a foreigner in this land. 
and I will be with you and bless you. I hereby confirm that I will give all these lands to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised Abraham, your father. I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give them all these lands. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Does that promise sound familiar? Because that's the promise that God gave Abraham, and that's the promise that was passed down to Isaac. And here's the cool thing. God's promise to Isaac and God's promise to Abraham did not change because of what was going on around them, right? The situation was famine. There was no food in the land. There was lack. There was scarce supply. But that didn't change the promise of God. And that's what I want to comfort you today with, that just because of what's going on with coronavirus, just because of what's going on with your work, just because of what's going on in the economy, that does not change the promises of God. That does not change his word. Psalms 89 says, my covenant, this is God speaking, my promises or my covenant will I not break nor alter the word that has come out of my mouth. God is a promise keeper and he's a promise keeper in the valley and he's a promise keeper on the mountaintop. And what I want to comfort you today is listen for the voice of God while you're at home, while you're, you know, maybe quarantined or while you're having to stay in your house, be still and know that I am God. Be, be silent and listen for the voice of God. And think about where Isaac was going in this moment. Isaac was actually heading to Egypt when God stopped him because his dad, when there was a famine in the land, had gone to Egypt to look for supplies. But God stopped Isaac when he was headed to Egypt and said, no, 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 you stay here, you trust in this promise. Because Egypt represented the world's supply. Egypt represented getting something the way we do it, man's way of doing things, toil and work. But God said, no, no, that's not what I'm trying to show you, Isaac. I'm trying to show you that in the midst of this famine, in the midst of what's going on around you, I am your provider. I am your source. I am who is going to give you what you need in the midst of all of this. Now skip down to verse 12. And in verse 12, we see where Isaac actually started to work the land. He says, when Isaac planted his crops that year, so the year that God spoke to him, the year of the famine, when Isaac planted his crops, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted for the Lord bless him. Where did Isaac sow? Where did Isaac plant his crops? Right where God had told him to stay. And these are the moments. These are the moments to not stop doing what God has called you to do. Point number two is this, keep working the land. Isaac was sowing as an agricultural community, so he had to sow in the land to get food. But what did God do? He blessed him a hundred times what he planted because he listened to the voice of God, point number one, and he stayed right where God had planted him. Here's, my, here's what I'm telling you, work the land. I'm not telling you to go out and plant corn or go out and plant green beans. What I'm telling you is work where you're at. If you're working from home, be diligent about your work from home. Don't slack off and binge Netflix. Do your work. Do what your boss has called you to do. Act like you're in the office. If you're a mom who's staying at home or a dad who's staying at home and you're having to watch your kids, be diligent about watching your kids. Don't just stick them in front of a TV all day. Be diligent with them. I'm not I'm telling you that TV's bad. Lord knows that we're using TV a lot more today than we have in the past because of what's going on. What I'm telling you is be diligent where you're at, work where you're at, listen to what God is telling you, and be diligent in that. Be a responsible and be 
passionate in the moment and, and be there for, for, the, for, the, for your family and the people around you, but really work the land just like Isaac did. And, and look what it says also in verse 12. It says that Isaac, he sowed, but, he, but the Lord blessed him a hundred times more than he planted in that year. So it wasn't some far off distant time, but it was in that year that Isaac sowed. That's when he reaped. Now check out verse 14, which is even cooler. It says he acquired, not talking about Isaac, so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines, the people around Isaac, became jealous of him. So in the midst of this famine, Isaac became so great that the people around him became jealous. And that's our promise from God. If we keep working the land, if we keep sowing, this is not a time, one, to stop tithing, to stop sowing into ministries, to stop doing what God's called you to do, whether that's through work or at home. If we'll do that, we will see the blessing of God on our lives in this year. And here's the whole point of everything, to give glory to God. The Philistines were jealous of Isaac, but what did Isaac do? He was able to give glory to God. He was able to say, hey, in this famine, I did what God told me to do. I stayed where God told me to stay. And look at the glory that I'm giving my creator. And that is what I'm telling you today. Stay working hard. Stay being diligent. God will bless you right where you're at in the middle of this famine. And you will be able to increase so that you can give glory to God and you can be a conduit for blessing. You can be a storehouse where you're saying, hey, do you need toilet paper? I got some. Do you need beans? I got some. Do you need money? I got some of that. You're able to be a blessing. And point number three comes in verse 22. And then I'll be done. Verse 22 says this, abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. Isaac was digging wells. This time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in the land. God will make room for you to prosper in this famine. God will make room for you to prosper in this economic hard times that we're going through. Here, here's what I'm telling you. Don't rely on the government to bail you out. Don't rely on the government to send you money. Don't rely on the government to fill your cabinets with food. Rely on your God. He is our refuge and our fortress. He is our God in whom we trust. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Not your riches and glory, not what you can do, but what he can do. Malachi 3 says that he'll open the windows of heaven as long as we're a tither, and he'll pour out blessings that we shall not have room enough to receive it. Let me tell you something. That is not an economic boom verse. God doesn't need the economy to be growing. God doesn't need to have money flowing from the government. What God needs is faithful people who trust his word and who are willing to believe in faith. Because let me tell you something. Isaac was in a famine. There was lack. There was hunger. There was scarcity where Isaac was. And God blessed him a hundredfold. And that's my prayer for you today. Take the words of God. Take the story of Isaac. And anytime you start to feel fear or anxiousness or, or just kind of some stress, I know I felt that way this week and I felt that way the last couple weeks, especially watching the market for my clients. When you feel like there's lack, when you feel like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Am I going to be able to feed my family? Am I going to have enough money to pay our bills, our rent? Just say, God, you blessed Isaac. And that covenant that you made with Isaac, that with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob, the New Testament says we have a better covenant through Jesus. 
And so we take, we take hope in that. We say, Jesus, I thank you for the covenant that we have. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for your provision. And through this famine and in these hard times, I will be blessed. So keep, keep thinking that. Keep speaking that over your life. You are blessed in this famine. And if you believe it, receive it in the name of Jesus. God bless. We love you. We are praying for you. We're praying for our nation. We're praying for our world. We believe that this coronavirus is dead in the name of Jesus.